Southway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the past. Live from the path, coming from the Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. It's great to be with you. I know you've missed me. I've missed you, dear friends. I haven't missed you. Me or the peoples? You. Oh, I think I miss the people all the time. I think that's fair. You know, how do you feel about? Have you ever tried alternative mayonnaises? Oh, what? Like, uh, <laughs> like, may- like, like olive oil mayonnaise? Yes, yeah. yeah. Mayonnaise. <laughs> Alternative mayonnaise is, is the weirdest way to put that. Is it not? It's, it's probably just an apostrophe. Well, mayonnaise. I don't even apostrophe. know if I'd call it that because the word mayonnaise just it's just a it's a it's a emulsification of eggs and a and an oil. That's how I feel about it too. How do you feel? Have you tried them? Yes, of course I have. How do you feel about them? Uh, they're never the re- they're never the real thing. Yeah. But like, yeah. in a pinch, they're fine. Yeah. Like if you if you offered me a turkey sandwich. And you said to me, hey, man, I don't have Hellman's or Duke's, uh, but but I've got this olive oil mayo, and I had to choose between the olive oil mayo and, like, no sauce. I'm going that olive oil mayo, mm. for sure. Yeah. I'm not going to eat a dry turkey sandwich like a psychopath. No, yeah, we're not animals, for sure. No. That's what that's what I know about the uh, uh, buffalo and wildebeest is they don't have mayonnaise. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the thing that separates us from the beasts. Yeah, yeah. As, a, as a mayonnaise. Because think, because think of it, like the way the Bible tells me things is that every every knee will bow. The wildebeest will eventually praise Jesus. So we we're the same there. What they lack is sophistication. What they, what they lack is sophistication and sauces. <laughs> that's right. Like, that is fantastic. A wildebeest that can't emulsify. I can't. <laughs> I can't stand you because the fact that like I kind of understand that argument. I've apparently known you too long yeah. that I'm just like, well, I can see your point there. Like yeah. every every knee will bow at some point in time. So I get well. All right. Uh-huh. The only thing that changes us for them is is sauce. Is the mayonnaise? That's right. Wilby says uh, this is where Dar- we're encouraged. Darwin is our hope. We will be able to emulsify at some point in our existence. Now your question to me was how you f- how do you feel about alternative mayonnaises? I yeah. have a question for you. Okay. Do you believe that the clothes you wear? Uh, are a statement about you enough that like people have the right to talk to you about it or comment on it? Uh, th- those two things don't seem naturally connected. No, I do not believe my clothes are a statement about me, but I find it perverse that anyone would bring up my clothing to me at all. I, uh, I, so I have a Hulk tattoo, Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I recently came into a couple of Hulk shirts because people know that he's my, my favorite comic book character, okay. all that stuff. More often than I ever thought possible, people comment on it. Like, I was getting coffee the other day, and someone came up to me and goes, Yeah, Hulk never stops working. Just got to get more coffee. And then walked away like that was a perfectly understandable <laughs> thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was like a, yeah, I see you. I see you getting another extra large coffee. Hulk's always got to work. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then another person went, yeah, Hulk smash. And I was like, is this the new way to call me fat? Or is this just like, am I... I don't know what to do with this. You think it's the tattoo or the shirt? I think it's maybe both. I mean, it's definitely a bold statement if I have a Hulk tattoo on my calf and then a Hulk shirt on my body. No, yeah. Oh, like, I understand that maybe I'm doubling up, but, like, I don't have, like, a Hulk face mask on or anything. Like, obviously, I just like a character. Well, I, okay. Here's what I would say, though. Uh, one, full full shirt, like, entire area of the shirt characters. Yeah, it's a lot. 
and and tattoos both show a level of commitment of True. which people feel like they're walking into a safe space. I suppose that's fair. Yeah, like if like if I just had a, a, a t-shirt or a polo with a small Hulk in it, they would not presume that I'm super committed, and so wouldn't be so bold. Mm, but okay. I think I think your your body is telling a story that your life can't cash. I suppose that's true. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really know how to respond to the fellow that's like Hulk's always working. Yeah. That's not really part of the canon. Like that. That's not really what Hulk is known for. Is yeah. his work ethic? Yeah, yeah. People aren't like, yeah, Hulk gets his taxes done on time. That's right. Hulk <laughs> smash sometimes. <laughs> Hulk smash that report. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Uh, okay, it, it, here's what we got going on the show. This you're gonna like this because uh, Boov and I are on our on our own here. Ooh. Uh, it's, Ooh it's it's lonely and a bit drafty in here. I'm not sure how whether the one or two are related. But uh, here's so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna try a couple things. One, I almost and Boova will test this. I almost hesitated to talk about this. Uh, he mm-hmm. gets us ad at the Super Bowl, but I, I, I'm gonna say this. I find myself you 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 people are causing me trouble. It's <laughs> a good way to put. I'm it. aligning. With the ro- <laughs> I find myself having a lot of sympathy for situations of which I generally don't want to spend my time having a bunch of sympathy for, right? Because of how you were behaving, right? And I just, I just, I want to talk through a few things and mm-hmm. like, I, bless you. I know, I know what you're trying to do here. I, it just seems like a real, like you're not thinking through things. You're thinking too fast. We're we're patting our religious selves on the back over some things. And I just, I just want you to stop for a minute and, and just listen to. I'm going to give you five things if I remember what my count was. There were five things where I'm like, eh. they were critiques of the ad, okay? And I'm not, I'm not even saying I love the ad. We did a show the la- when they did a He Gets Us ad. Was it? I don't. Was it just the last Super Bowl or we see? We there was a c- campaign. Yeah, I think it was the campaign, right. not a Super Bowl. Ad. And like totally, we landed on it and said, look, this is this is not actually paying off for what it needs to do. Right. It's it's it's, it's self glorifying. It's human glorifying. Uh, it it doesn't connect people back to Jesus, mm-hmm. and so and that was that was one of the risks, and I still believe that actually. Uh, and there's probably a million things I could think of of which Super Bowl money could go better towards. Right, but the types of ways we're reacting to some of this thing um, is uh, it's bad theology, it's bad exegesis, uh, and I, and frankly, I, I think you're. You're running the risk of landing yourself on the other side of Jesus's finger. Yep. Uh, especially from a gospel perspective, and so I, I just I want to talk about it. You can critique it and send me the nasty grams in the life and path complaint line. I just I want you to be a little bit more cautious and careful than I feel like we're being, uh, especially when you're complaining into a safe space, which is a bunch of other, especially on the conservative Christian side. We're like, yeah, right. We're holding them to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just I are you. And are you holding the right thing? Right, exactly. I, that's yes. what I want to talk about. Yep. So we're gonna do that. Also, uh, we're gonna we're gonna try AI Bible theater. AI Bible theater. AI Bible theater. So uh, I, I've I've set up a plot for the uh, intelligence, the artificial intelligence, to to write a two man uh, play based upon a biblical story, of which Boo and I will be playing uh, one of the other characters. Right. I will double it as the narrator. From the history of the Bible, we now have AI theater. Yes. Okay, that's exactly it. So we're going to perform a uh, – a, Buva wasn't allowed to look at it ahead of time. Nope. I only – I generated it, and then, I mean, I scanned it just to make sure it followed my guidelines, but I, I didn't – we're reading it blind. Yeah, so it may follow the story for the most part, but, like, it's not going to be word for word. We're not just going to be reading a story from the Bible. This is legitimately what AI has to say about a prompt, specifically about a Bible story, and then we're going to act it out uh, yeah. and uh, and and give it some some color. Yeah. Yeah, and so and I'll look to get your uh, feedback, like thumbs up, thumbs down on AI Bible Theater. 
uh, how do you how do you see the AI? <laughs> how did uh, how did Bouva do? Yeah. Okay. I'm interested. I'm excited about okay. it. All right, and then we'll do some advice on Dear Life in the Path, and then I think we're gonna we'll, we'll cut out of here because uh, yeah. uh, to, to two of us in a room, I think we can. There's a lot of hot wind that can be going on in here. Yeah, it's a bad deal if we get two hours into this podcast, we'll realize, oh no, we talked way too much. Yeah, that was a mistake. Um, okay, so that, that's that's what we're gonna do for tonight. So let, let me let's let's frame up this he he gets this uh, Super Bowl ad. All right, tell me. So it comes on. If it, I think it was the first quarter, happens pretty soon, mm-hmm. pretty early in the game. And uh, it comes on. It doesn't say what it's about, but you get a series of images mm-hmm. uh, um, of supposed, uh, I, you could say, enemies or at least people who have there's a narrative of which they are against each other or on opposite yep. sides of something who are washing each other's feet. Right. OK. Yep. And uh, uh, ultimately, it ends in a uh, he, he gets us. Uh, but basically, J- Jesus relates to the. Um, uh, to the the pain in the world, mm-hmm. to the uh, animosity between groups of people, he's here to to heal said things. Right, it's yep. the general vibe of the ad. I, I mean, it wasn't like poorly done or anything. Like, uh, I mean, it, I think it drew your attention, and mm-hmm. why we're talking about it, uh, yep. and why a lot of people were talking about it. Um, I saw a number of reactions from multiple camps but like i i'm 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 most intrigued by i think the groups of people who i would go like love jesus faithful bible like bible believing folk folks that i like these are my peoples right um and i saw a number of critiques of the ad and so i want to walk through a few of them and just see if you relate to them and uh and then maybe some ways maybe we could continue to think about it okay so uh, Critique number one, as I heard, is that like um, it's some of the and I'm going to forget all the um, I, I did not rewatch it. I just saw the night of um, is you saw I, like a a what is a was a priest or a pastor washing the feet of a guy who like I think is clearly a, a homosexual mm-hmm. um, and then a uh, a woman washing the feet of a young mother who is outside of Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. like that type of thing. And so one of the critiques I saw was that. Uh, well, Jesus didn't wash the feet of of sinners. He washed the feet of the disciples. Right, Buva. Just what strikes you as problematic of this particular critique? Well, that's a weird distinction to call upon. A because we would call every one of the disciples a sinner. Of course, of <laughs> so, course. So, like, not a single one of them was like, "Hey, these are the exalted people." They were just the people that that Jesus was was using to launch his ministry. Right. Yes. It it wasn't because they were perfect and great. Very obviously, in in many ways, it was the exact opposite yes. uh, of that situation. So, like to yep. call that as a as a as a as a line in the sand of like Jesus didn't wash the feet of sinners is completely incorrect. It's goofy, right? Uh, secondly, let's just stick with this particular group of folks. Um, even if you can make the case, and I think this is largely where they're coming from, is to go. Well, he he didn't go and find active sinners, people who are against him and his kingdom, uh-huh. and go wash their feet. These are people who are fallibly aligned with him. Mm-hmm. What is the let's stick with the the actual (laughs) Last Supper? What is the problem with that particular statement? Judas. Judas was there. Judas was there. Judas was there. And Jesus knew full well what was going on. Of course he did. In fact, he brings it up and he goes, Hey, I know you I know you gotta go. Not I, certainly, Lord. (laughs) You're you're running late. You have said so. (laughs) So okay, he's aware of this too. This Mm -hmm. is uh this is an enemy of the progress of the kingdom and much more willful. 
Yes. Then most of the other uh, mm-hmm. uh, buckets of sinners you want that are around Jesus purely adversarial. Uh, yeah, like they like Judas is aware of what Jesus is trying to do. He's aware of how he wants to go do it, and mm-hmm. he's explicitly going against that and right. turning Jesus over. And so this is as close to an enemy as I can think of. Mm-hmm. And so again, I, the, I miss I'm missing the validity of the critique here. Right. Um, okay. Let, let's let's stay on this train for just a minute though. Let's. Let's just accept that he did not wash the feet of uh, the rebel, I guess. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, I, I, I'm not willing to give the disciples a pass, but let's let's say I agree I with the you. train of thought. Yep. Um, what else did he do with the known sinners, if you want to look at it from that direction? Uh, like reclined with them, Rec- hung out with them. Exactly. Ate meals with them. Reclined and ate. Very specifically with them. Yeah, he did. He very well did do that. Uh, and, and remember, like eating is an intimate thing. Mm-hmm. People are going to see you chewing. Uh, these are these are things of which like uh, that's why it's a big deal when right. you can get someone to go out to dinner with you. There's a level of intimacy, a closeness to gnawing on dough in front of them. Yep. Uh, and so I, <laughs> I, I guess I, I I'm, I'm not I'm still not I'm not sold I'm not sold on the critique uh, related to that. Uh, Jesus does certainly have a closeness to yeah. sinners. Now I get like I know in the back of your mind you're like oh he he called them he called them to repentance. Okay, I, I want to get to the repentance thing here. Yep, just right. A um, but. But yes, but maybe this goes to the second to the second question, which is one of the key things that I heard somebody say is that like um, they did not mention repentance in this mm-hmm. ad. They didn't mention repentance. Oh wait, actually, before I leave this one, I guess wh- one of the things I'd be I'd be interested to have someone answer for me is is your belief, regardless of the how much is given to us in Scripture, are you telling me that your belief is Jesus wouldn't wash the feet, right? Of someone who is making an earthly decision that is counter to their own good, which is, I think, the bucket. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to think of people, you know, buckets of sin yep. going on here, uh, these are people that are that are choosing, uh, not choosing peace, but choosing animosity. Right. Um, choosing the world. Uh, th- that's right. Not looking, um, not otherwise making p- peace and connections between people, um, despite some of these circumstances or whatever. Um are, are you is that is that your belief that like the only time this picture of Jesus, this humble come to serve, which he says mm-hmm. multiple times, the yep. demonstration is washing of the feet. Right. But like first shall be last come to serve like that's that's a persistent narrative throughout the Gospels. Are you really telling me that it's a perverse image of Jesus that he would wash the feet of a sinner? Now, we're going to get to your other critiques in a minute. You're going to yep. I, I know what I know what they are. Um but like I, I don't, I'm not buying it. I, I'm not buying it. I'm not. I don't know where that's coming from. Yeah, it seems to be like taking in half of what what is true, and and then coloring it towards your own narrative. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or or and if am I most gracious again? I, I I know what you're trying to protect yeah. here, and like, but let's get we'll we'll get to them. Well, I mean, the same could be said of of the religious leaders in Jesus's time. Yes, like I understand what you're trying to protect, but you're missing it. Yes, but you're missing exactly right. Exactly right. And so, I, again, it's the thing that should sit in the back of your head, especially as, if you are a, a faithful lover of Jesus. You, you're you in for his kingdom work. You believe the Bible is completely true. Like, you're willing to give up your life and all your stuff to go do it. Like, <laughs> the thing, the most common critique against the religious leaders throughout Scripture is missing it. Yep, right. Is like, is ignoring the poor, is like, um, lording things over them, like human power, human, like... Basically losing a compassion for the world that God has. Yeah. Um, and again, it doesn't mean that we don't call people to repentance. It doesn't mean that they, there aren't ways of which um, their, their lives need to change to live in God's gracious and goodness to serve him as Lord. Totally. Um, 
but but I, I I guess the thing that should always be in the back of your mind is is like, am I at risk of being the very thing yep, right. that Yahweh and Jesus specifically and John the Baptist and Paul like came <laughs> and with keep critiques? Going, yeah, yep. yeah, you're missing the Christ for adherence to the law. Yes. Okay. So secondly, um, the, the ad did not mention repentance. Right. Um, I, I will say, and like I've seen some uh, people have like, hey, here's the here's the commercial that they should have done, and these are awesome. I'm some sure they're great. Things, yes. Some of these things that people have, have put together are fantastic. Excellent. Um, but I, I want to be cautious of like, well, they didn't mention the, the, the word repentance. <laughs> I mean, okay. Um, how, how, how often is the word repentance in, in your Bible? Right. Yeah. God used 66 books to tell a story. And you're, you're expecting this whole thing to come out a 30 second ad. Yeah. I mean, it's there. It's I get for it. Sure, I get it. Key element of the gospel, I'm of course. Totally with you. Yeah, if you're if you got a top five, it's up there, right? Yes. Like, yes, totally with you. I just so, but it, it's not on every page. It's not in every conversation, right? Um, I would also submit, like, I would ask you the same thing, and maybe you're just a real jack wagon, and this is how you live your life. That every conversation that comes up, you're mentioning <laughs> repentance. Have you repented today? Um, I, I, I get. I you actually might be overcooking the books the other direction. There's a context to repentance. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, uh, but, but like, it's every conversation, it isn't the full gospel. Right. It just it is, can't I, be. It, it isn't. And, and none of you are doing this. Again, unless you actually don't even care about people. Unless you're, you're basically a propagandist. Right. You're, you're shoving information at folks and going, I don't care who you are. I don't care anything about your life. Jesus, blah, 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 cares about the details, but not me. My job is to push information. Yep, you've got your chalkboard that you're ticking off for when you stand at the gates of heaven. Yeah, and I, I like I, I'd be interested, Chuck. Is this working for you? Like, not like, well, yes, I told all the towns and all the people, but like, are you seeing people's lives changed mm-hmm. by right. your treating of them that way? It isn't my experience. It isn't the thing that I've seen actually impact most of the people that have come to Jesus. And frankly, the people that have uh, those people are at significant risk of bailing because you move them around. Uh, with with basically a threat, you scared yep. them into the kingdom, and no right. one wants to spend forever with a guy who only's there because he's afraid. Yeah, right. Um, and so, uh, super important, key part of the gospel. Totally with you. Um, I, th- I, I, this isn't where I reach for the critique. Right. There's there's plenty of people who are trying to communicate a gospel message. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, the the beati- none of the beatitudes are carry a notion of repentance, but humility for sure. Absolutely. Um. So anyway. I, I just I would be cautious. I'd frankly I'd also be cautious on how stuck you are on the word repent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it carries with it a load. It's a translation problem, man. Like the word itself isn't particularly holy. Uh, and just because and like you can totally call people to recognize that they they're turning from the thing that they've chosen for something that's so much better, right. something that they were yes. designed for. Yep. Um, that's repentance for sure. And there's ways to do it. I just I, I'm I, I don't know why. I think you're over indexing. I'll put it that way. We're over indexing on can you can you communicate um, the good news of the kingdom without using the word repent if right. all you had was 30 seconds? Yeah, I think you could. I think it's uh, here's the que- actually here's the question that you have to answer. Is it OK to start a conversation? Because because I know yeah. what you're thinking. Yeah, Ben, I can totally communicate the gospel using the word repentance or something like it in 30 seconds. I'm sure that you can. <laughs> uh I would submit to you, like, if I went, Pastor, if I went and listened to every, every, everything you ever said, first 15 minutes, like you were, you were talking about repentance, like the scriptures weren't. Right. And so I, I just, I'd be cautious. Like this is, this is, I think, a sense of if you don't follow this playbook, it can't work. Yeah. 
Um, there are plenty of people who are planting planting seeds, intentional seeds of gospel building over long periods of time um, to otherwise help people recognize things. Uh, and they aren't dropping every sweet Bible word they had in their back pocket to right. go do it right. at every moment, lest Jesus go, yes, but I gave you a stack of words. Why aren't you using them? Right. I just, it's too, it just feels way too shallow to yeah. me. There's an understanding of there's the, there's a correct master to serve. And like, there's a, there's a, there's a right way to do things and there's a path to follow. And like, understanding that every single conversation you have is not going to be just the first part of, of doing the 180, if you want to call it like there's relationship building in, in bringing people to Christ yes. and it doesn't happen just in, in a Turner burn conversation. Yeah. And, and actually I, I, this is the one thing that's interesting is, is the, the, one of the fallibilities of the Turner burn situation is you're not telling me what I'm turning to. Right. Right. Like repentance isn't, you have in your mind, uh, lovely Christian people that repentance is, is turning back to Jesus. Uh-huh. But if you do not know Jesus, you never turn you never, it's not turning back to him. Right, you didn't give me the object of which I'm turning to. Uh-huh. And the key, and one of the key questions is is that like why would I turn to this person? Right. Why would I give up the things that I feel yep. like are righteous and good yep. and turn to someone else's view of the world? Well, if I if once I get to know who this is, yeah, if I believe exactly. there is a God, if I recognize who Jesus is, I the level of like he has communicated to, to me in the way that he communicated to everyone else as to what he was doing here in service, in love to yeah. otherwise rescue. Right. Like if that isn't your message, like why is yours so much more powerful than Jesus's way of going about something? Right. And I'll put it to you this way also is that like I, I there's an urgency here and I know why there's an urgency here. But like people just don't tend to soak in the thing that you want to communicate the first time. Enter disciples again. Right. Yes. How many times? Even if you're a master communicator of all the way. Like, the, it like just doesn't, Jesus. Yes, exactly. It just doesn't happen that way. These people, three years in a <laughs> row. I don't know how. So we're in the middle of Matthew right now. And like, seriously, we've been dealing with this problem of them. Like, who's who's the greatest? Right. They didn't just ask it once. They heard Jesus's answer about the kids. And they're like, yeah, yeah. But us, us though. Right. Aren't, won't just we be honored? Blatant misunderstandings of the kingdom that Jesus is here to set. That's right. And they're not going to get bringing. it until he dies. And right. raises from the dead, and and then their eyes are opened. Only then do they kind of get it. Yep. The Holy Spirit paves the rest of the way. Yep. And so, like, I don't know, what kind of magic you're doing in your life, of which you got a thirty second shot, and you think you're just going to wow the world with right. it. Uh, I'm uh, what I'm telling you is that people don't generally behave that way. They connect words, they hear them, they'll yeah. act like they understand them, but like it's going to take a while for it to click. Where it mostly clicks is where they see the tangible nature of yeah. it. Yeah. That's why Jesus dying on the cross and raised from the dead. They go, okay, all right, I'm I'm starting to put things together here. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to understand it. Um, and so I I just I I know what we're trying to protect here. I just you've way True. overloaded. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think you've way overloaded. Um. Also, I and I didn't check it. I meant to check it. But uh, when I'm, we're, we're, I think you can confidently say it. I'm feeling pretty comfortable that like as I was cycling through uh the gospel scriptural re- re- references. The place where repentance is called most often <laughs> is in reaction to religious leaders. Yeah. It's it's a key message of the gospel. I'm I, Again, we're not arguing here. But what I'm telling you is, is like the harshest words are for the religious right. people patting themselves on the back who who stepped into a situation of which, of which the, the way that the kingdom works, Jesus's kingdom works, is going to function one way. And the protection against that, mm-hmm. protecting the current status quo, is the thing they are most likely have to repent of. Right. Yes. These are the things where John the Baptist is strongest at and when Jesus is coming strongest against. The hardened hearts of, of God's people. Yes. And so uh, the, amount, the amount of people who are like so quick to look at this ad 
and be like very self-righteous, self-satisfied with critiques against it. Even even where I under, like I said, even where I understand where you're coming from, even where I think like there's there's some validity to it, right? Um, gosh, I would just be shaky ground. So I, I would just be so cautious. In it. <laughs> it's just that is that is a shaky thing to stand on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, third third critique. Um, I heard uh, some some real entrepreneurs of the year went go digging around in the he gets this campaign, and they said uh, basically they find out that people associated with this aren't just people who who love Jesus. I mean, it's, they smell like progressive Christians for sure. Yeah. Um, but then there's a description that says um, the, it's, the, the, the campaign is created by people who, you know, serve Jesus or who are like, I don't know, something like very intrigued uh, by mm-hmm. his by his story or his character or something like that. And we're like, aha, there's possibly a non-Jesus follower <laughs> behind this nefarious <laughs> campaign. I'm going to submit to you two things that I want you to consider. First, that is a logical fallacy. <laughs> it's a logical fallacy uh, to have an argument from authority to uh-huh. say that, uh, the, first of all, the work of the kingdom can only be done through people who love and serve Yahweh, right. <clears throat> Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's literally scripture that says the exact opposite. I, I'm that. just saying God will do as he pleases. Yes. So calm down. Uh, God uses Pharaoh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. Uh, secondly, like, and, and this this comes up all the time. Um, you, you'll see this in the abortion debate. Well, only women can speak to that. It's a logical fallacy. There's no right. reason a lady should like when you're talking about life of right. a child or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the presence of ovaries is not otherwise make you more qualified. Right. You might be more in tune to the implications of it. Understandably, and, fellas, you should be super wise about that. Understandably, but it is a logical fallacy to say that someone because Martin Luther King said it, it's it's you know holy or only a lady can talk about this type of thing. Um, it doesn't follow. Right. right. Um, secondly, and this is just a, this is a, this is not a, more of a logical problem, but I, I want you to just check your guts here. Um, you guys enjoy the chosen? You dig on that? <laughs> do you? I mean, there was a hubbub not like a year ago because there was a lovely homosexual fellow running the camera, uh, filming one of the, he had like a gay pride flag or something mm-hmm. sitting on there and people getting all jazzed up about it. Uh, also, I mean, I, if you would consider Mormonism a cult, uh, you've got some things to deal with with the innards of that show. Here's the thing: neither of those two things are causing me any concern. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. It's it's not because there's not a theological things to talk about within those things. It's because if I look at the output, I go right. Eh. I care more about the weird depiction of Matthew than I do of those two things. Yep. Just yeah. Okay. So again, I just be cautious that you're being consistent. Uh, one, don't commit logical fallacies. That's a mistake. That's like that's not a firm <laughs> argument. So you should get away from that. By definition, it's not. Uh, and second of all, like uh, I get that you're hosed off at the he gets us uh, he gets us campaign because of the progressive nature of it. Fine, um, but like if you're otherwise enjoying the chosen, uh, you, you need to do you need to act yeah. consistently. And so it's dishonest. I guess that's the question. It's like don't don't sacrifice your integrity. You're being dishonest. So just let this one go. Just heads up, you're being pastored by a sinner. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you should know that totally. like, like just, yeah, it, human beings involved in things means imperfection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. I saw, let's see, what it what was, uh, did I get, I didn't get them all yet, did I? No, I think we're miss. oh gosh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember all your points because you had a couple of them, but I think you hit the big three. Uh, okay, there was a big three. Oh, I, I swear there was a, there were, there were another couple that were interesting to me that were like, they were, lo- again, they were just, just logical shortcomings. Um. You didn't have, you don't have to say repent all the time. I mean, you can, but you don't have to. It's not that big deal. Um, uh, we, we talked about uh, the concept of the money being spent on 
Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Now this, on the commercial. Yeah. Now this was interesting to me. This this actually would where I think um, there's a lot of very interesting conversations that could go on because like they spent a lot of money. Oh, to, insane amount to put this thing on. Yeah. Because I think there were two. Oh. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Before we get back to there, because I think there's something more substantive there. Um, I, I what the, the image I took away when I watched the thing. I didn't even know who had put it on or whatever. Yeah. Um, it looked like peacemaking to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feet washing, servanting. Yep. Uh, peace. Their making. adversarial relationships happening. This is making peace between them. Yes. So yeah. Play, things like uh, blessed are the peacemakers. Things like peace that passes understanding or peace. Um, generally, I would reword to like peace being in places where it should not be. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, that's what we're. T- yeah. Yeah. Like uh, what? 100%. Here, here's what I want you to, to think of yourself. Um, I, if if you were a person who had, had written off a religion because of whatever your background was, mm-hmm. I don't. It disagrees with your lifestyle. Whatever. Yeah. I don't care what it was. Um, one of the core tenets of of Jesus, what Jesus brings to the world is is shalom. He's bringing mm-hmm. a peace. Uh, and yes, it will it will require re- repentance for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, humility is is yeah. actually the big thing because when you're humble, you repent a lot easier. Absolutely. Um, and so. To show images of places where peace is making its way through, where light is breaking through darkness. Uh, your animosity towards that certainly isn't a good look. Yeah. It's not a good look, man. I just, yeah. it's, not, it's not a good look. And I, you, one of the things that, I, again, I want to be cautious about is, is how do I not believe, do I not believe that Jesus changes people? Right? Not like, not. It's gospel transformation, not behavior modification. Right. And so um, where someone sees a possibility, a way forward for peace that they didn't see before, that they believe could happen, that there's like a, just a marked giving up of status and power mm-hmm. and authority to go, I will serve and show and demonstrate in the most unlikely of situations, prodigal son returning mm-hmm. as an example, uh, Jesus elevating Children, and again, he doesn't elevate children because children are innocent. Although you guys have met children, children are brutes. <laughs> like they don't make great decisions. But the thing about children, and the example that Jesus is making, is they had no control over their own existence. Right. They simply were at the like they had to submit to the wills of the people who were leading them. Mm-hmm. And Jesus goes like that. Right. Not innocent like children. Not playful like children. Not like twinkly eyes. I really love Jesus like children. Their minds are a sponge. People who do not control their own destiny. Right. But take that which is directed to them. That's what he's talking about. And so I, I just I'm 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 cautious here that um where there's something totally to be hands, feet, eyebrows, and elbows of the work of the Lord to be part of making peace. Um that the revulsion that I saw in Christian circles against those images from people who probably wouldn't take it the same way you took it, right? right? Person, lover of Jesus, you looked at it and said, it's missing repentance. What someone who's not you, who's not in the scriptures all the time, who's not praying all the time, might actually look at it and go, boy, wouldn't that be nice? Right. There's a chance for Is acceptance. Is this possible? 
of me as a human being, not my fall, not my fallibilities and not right. my sin, but me as a, as a person. I'm just I'm just saying, did you are you willing to snatch victory from the hands of defeat <laughs> uh, or defeat from the hands of right. p- potential victory? Because it's a conversation starter. Like if you looked at it as only a conversation starter, tell me all the different shortcomings, not it intended to be an entire picture of the gospel, right. not like. It's as theologically accurate as every other random dude yeah, you might exactly. run into. Yes. I guess this this happens that maybe you guys will connect with this if you're in some sort of corporate environment. People are always concerned. There's uh, almost every major corporate, not almost every major corporation and all the small ones have got some sort of compliance department. Mm-hmm. They're always like, hey, what are you going to put in the letter? We're worried about it. Show me the <laughs> size of the font. Show me the words uh-huh. that you're using. All kind of concerns. Times New Roman. And the thing that we don't talk about openly but i i bring up almost every time is like i see the high level of uh scrutiny you're giving this letter you realize there are 200 people taking phone calls saying whatever they want right all the time yep and have access to every bit of customer information that you're spending your diligence trying to protect like the riskiest thing you have going on is not this letter is right right which is whatever protect the letter (laughs) right but like I just is it perfect? Right. Is the and is the person shagging the phone call going to be perfect? They're not. There's just a level of risk that you accept. My theology is not perfect. I know this. I still am running a podcast because, on balance, the Lord will fix the things that I, in good intention, am getting wrong. Uh, and uh, it's better we talk about in our fallibilities than hide away in our insecurities. Mm-hmm. And so, I just if you looked at it as a conversation starter, is it missing things? Of course, yeah. but like just. Maybe it started a conversation. Right. And do you look just, do you look real awful um, being the person that took a dump on the peacemaking images that came out of there? You might. You yeah. might. Yeah. The repulsion that you are expressing, it just, it, it, it's colors very poorly. Like yeah. it just, it does not, it's not a good look. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. I'm not saying pander to whatever no. progression uh, progressive part of society that you think this is targeting i'm not saying pander no, to that call out truth I, yeah i'm saying like it, the you are fighting like you, you can if it's the start of a conversation for a full picture great let's help develop the full picture yes. right um but if if you if the only thing you call you talk about for example is turn or burn or repentance if this is the thing where like someone's weak because they led with the beatitudes mm-hmm and not repentance Mm -hmm. one take it up with jesus to start (laughs) but but two this is what my kingdom looks like and this uh, is what its people look like yeah but i I guess but that's the thing is that like are you are you certain that you're not over indexing the message on the other side right are you sure about that because that is that would be the caution that Mm -hmm. would be the thing i'd be cautious about like there's a whole gospel message in there and like sometimes y'all beating a drum for the thing like that you feel very self-righteous about mm-hmm. and I, I just don't i don't understand it i don't understand, i don't understand it um there there was also there was a critique there was a critique around the types of um sins shortcomings mm-hmm. that like i i think the concern was is that the particular things are hitting uh, again, like a woke culture, yeah, progress. Like they're specifically pandering. Again, back to the previous conversation for people who um got out of religion because religion didn't affirm them, mm-hmm. and so there's a concern that oh well, if you show the priest washing the feet uh of the gay fella mm-hmm. that uh, it's an affirmation of right. his behavior, right? So, I, but I, but here's what I want I want you to help me with. Show me in scripture where I'm to get the understanding. 
that in service to people, it means that I'm affirming every sin that's in their life. Right. Help me understand. And and I get, here's the thing. I, this has been a struggle. Like we, the, we've been cautious I, and righteously cautious, I think of how do we love people well mm-hmm. while helping them realize that, that, um, they are falling short of the goodness of God. Right. And not only in their actions, but in their experience of it. You mm-hmm. can't walk in his goodness if you don't recognize where it's short. Like, I, like sin is a totally righteous thing to point out. Yeah, I'm falling short. I don't get to live in the fullest experience of following Jesus to enjoy his right. lordship in my mm-hmm. life. Righteous. Okay. But like, I, I just, I, I don't, we've been, a, this has been a caution and, but you'd have to take it up with Jesus. You'd have to take him up within dying when he dined with sinners. And yes. Okay. I, I let the, the, the lady, I know go and sin no more. I got it. Okay. Yes, right. It just, just like you're pulling like that a, happened after you're like pulling a story and, and painting it everywhere, but you're not telling the other story that didn't bring that up at all. Right. And just like we know well enough to go that I, all this comes together with to a gospel message for sure. For sure. Um, but did you go, did you go slap Jesus on the hand because he didn't cover every element every time? Well, that and the go and sin no more was after Jesus served her. Oh yes. Yes. Rescued. Right, yeah. Her. Literally like. Why would you, why would why would the go and sin no more conversation have any merit or meaning if the God that you're supposed to be serving still means nothing to you because you have not seen any of that love right and you have not received any of that service right Jesus literally protects her from being killed in this situation recognizes all that sin yep. and specifically says. Yeah, that's sin. That's separation from you and your creator. Yes. Go and sin no more. But that wasn't the first thing he led with. It wasn't, hey, you're sinning. Stop it right now. Yes. And then once you do that, I will serve you. It's the exact opposite. Right. Right. And like, uh, just in case you're you're missing the message here, I, repentance is good news. Calling people out of sin is great news. It's, Absolutely. It's a wonderful gift of the kingdom. 100%. I just, like, you're I, again, I think you're overcooking the fish here. And the other thing I would say is, like, look around your your community, your family, your church community, whoever. Do you serve any of those people? They're all been sinning. Yes. Have you been affirmed? And still are most likely. <laughs> yeah. And, and here's the thing. This is a blindness. This is a blindness for us because you're going to be like, oh, yeah, but it's not the same. It's not those sins. <laughs> they, right. Exactly. They're not doing that type of thing. They mm-hmm. didn't go to that clinic over there and blah, blah, blah. I, I Again. They're you, doing the things that I don't struggle with and therefore can say that it's much worse. Exactly. So I want, but I just want you to take a tour, take a quick tour through the minor prophets and you tell me <laughs> the most significant critique against the people of Jesus is their misuse of wealth mm-hmm. and disregard of the poor and yep. needy. That's the, that is like the pervasive and every one of them. critique on the minor prophets. Uh, and it doesn't go away in Jesus's time either. Like the new Testament's about it too. And so uh, in our situation in the Western church, if you are in the United States, you are most likely wealthier than 70% of the world around you, maybe yep. even higher. Okay. And so uh, you need, if, if serving the, your community around you, your family, your church community means an affirmation of whatever shortcomings they have, then you, sir, have been affirming the key thing of which every major prophet has a significant problem. Called out you. As a contributor to the shortcomings of the people of Yahweh. And so, but but here's the thing. You don't really believe that. Right. Just like I don't. Now, as it's, I get, I get that it's sensitive. I get, I get that the optics of it concern you. I understand you don't you want to be cautious that in your intent to serve people well, you don't give the wrong idea of the things that Jesus is talking about, mm-hmm. that when that there's a call to goodness. Yep. I, I would submit to you 
And I maybe then uh, here here is my sense of it. Okay, you pray through this. Um, that is a burden I cannot bear. Mm-hmm. I cannot bear the the burden of having to sort out um, the implication. If a hundred people saw me serve someone who was living a lifestyle or doing a thing that was counter to what God called for goodness, mm-hmm. um, a hundred people are going to come away with a hundred different interpretations as to how they should take the thing that I just did. I, I just can't. I don't think I right. don't think I can reasonably keep up with it. And Jesus didn't. Yeah, he didn't seem to have this particular problem. And it doesn't align in scripture that you're supposed to take that burden on. Yeah, I just I think it's not. I think the Holy Spirit's going to have to help you make distinctions about it. And you pray beforehand. And you know what? If you go, look, I can't. This is going to be taken the wrong way because the, the, the spirit says, look, you got to back off this one. Then back it off. Totally. Um, but I, I don't think you should. You shouldn't walk in gun shy to service. Right. Um, because of how the world can interpret it. In fact, Christianity has always grown off the backs of serving Christ, of Christians who have gone to extreme ends to serve and sometimes sacrifice and die on other people's behalf. And then they understood the message of Jesus when they saw the hands and feet of Jesus go do it. And so uh, I, I would say you've got to, you've got to pray through and ask the spirit to embolden you to get over that particular hesitation. Right. I'm not worried about it. I'm very, just not worried about it. And very oppositely, like in, in many situations, Jesus did something or said something that he knew was going to look bad to oh, yeah. To people that were were well versed mm-hmm. in in his father's words, yep. like he knew that it was going to be subversive to 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 the Jewish uh, leadership or the 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 church or the te- the leadership of 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 the time, right? Like yep. he knew that they were going to see that and go, oh, that's you know he's he's uh, he's not taking the Sabbath correctly and he's not doing this correctly yep. and he's not doing that correctly and went, yep, you have that in your heart and it's wrong and it's on you. To figure that piece out. I'm going to do what I know is right. I'm going to understand and be able to interpret the law as one who has authority over it. And it's going to hit you wrong, but you are incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. I think we can get off this. I did, but to, to sum it up, I, I just, um, let, let me reaffirm. I, I don't disagree. Even, uh, I, I, it wasn't the commercial I would have put out. Yeah. Same. I, you know, I, I frankly, Plenty I, stuff I, done I find the rest of the gospel story also uh, awesome. Uh, and like I said, some people have created some really awesome things. Yeah. I'm for that. Regardless, this is the lay of the land we had. This mm-hmm. is the ad that came out. Uh, there's a shortcoming in the he gets his thing in general. It it um it points people back to themselves and not to Jesus holistically. The tagline, I, I'm against it. Okay, I don't think it's helping. Right. However, right. Uh, your reaction is a bellwether, and I would I would want you like to look at it and go, one, is this even theologically accurate? Mm-hmm. How I'm how I'm responding, or am I doing the same? I'm cherry picking. Right. I'm finding scripture that fit my outrage. Are you being a stumbling block? Yeah, right. You could be. You could be. And like something that that Nebuchadnezzar ran an ad for <laughs> might actually do something positive in the world. Right. And there you are taking a whiz off your balcony uh, because it wasn't what, what you would have done. I, here's the thing. I, as What we should be doing is going, Lord, that was a real that was a real fallible situation right there. Uh, frankly, I'd ask you to pray for the show in the same manner. Yeah. Hey, this is a real fallible situation here. May you make good out, yeah. of, out of a meager offering whether what regardless of the intent of which it came mm-hmm. um it are there are there some true things in there right yes does it tell the complete story of the gospel the complete story of jesus no it doesn't is it likely aimed at progressive uh minded folks got yes. agenda yeah okay i mean these are the people frankly who've got the biggest quarrel with christianity uh and primarily on social terms exactly right like we're not we should be dealing with was jesus who he says he was was how does the <laughs> history bear out like right. deal with the, the reality of it 
there's a lot of dismissiveness to going, well, he doesn't agree with me. And so I don't, I don't care about him. Um, okay. And so to say he gets us does run the risk of going, oh, well, he agrees with me then. Mm-hmm. I get the risks. Right. Right. I, I get it. We totally see your argument. But there's a risk on the other side of mm-hmm. it, too, that yep. goes, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he doesn't agree with this person, but he, he still sacrificed and died that they may find glory, that right. they may live in freedom and rescue. They just don't know it yet or they're missing the story. And like, are are you pro getting them involved in the whole story or basically super excited about making sure that something that may connect with them in some way or another and start a conversation got got crucified as well right i just i, I just the posturing of it bothers me i just yep. it, i i didn't see i didn't see people uh, granted these are social media primarily comments but i saw them on like op-eds and all kinds of crap but like i didn't see people desperately wanting to reach a world and would would use any means necessary to go do it i saw what felt like a lot of pat ourselves on the back because we're so conservative yep. about this thing right uh, and we're not with this progressive propaganda. Like I just, I anyway, I the whole like that reaction made me uncomfortable. Not because I didn't understand or sympathize with a lot of it. Um, it's, it's just because the whole posturing, the way that we were talking about the world, who that may have hit, didn't feel like love to me. <laughs> and if you if you read the Gospels and you start like seeing the Pharisees and the way that they're treating a lot of those situations, and you go, wow, that kind of looks similar. It's a scary place. I'm to just be. saying the repentance came. It came for the religious folks. Sure did. Um, okay, I know you're upset. Uh, it's 515-517-0085. But Let the us know. Bob Eisenhower, live from the Path Complete Line. Um, in humility, I'm okay being wrong here, uh, but you, but you got to help me. Like if 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 you wouldn't mind, um, like if I've said something that you think is biblically inaccurate or didn't doesn't match the character of Jesus, the holistic story of how I should think about the gospel. But by all means, I want to hear about it. I'd like to change uh, if that's necessary. If not. Uh, and, 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 and you were, you were the, um, the people I was talking to, um, I, I submit maybe you could, maybe you could repent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus loves you. He makes G- peace. Give us a call or a text. And remember when you call us, you can leave voicemail. You're not, most likely you're not going to have like me no, answer you. No one's going to answer it, It's not, it's, it doesn't have to be a weird social situation where you're like, I don't want to call and talk to Ben. Yeah. You're just going to call and leave us a voicemail yeah. and then we're going to be able to listen to it and take it in and be thankful that you interacted with us yep. and then move on. I'll pray about like we've done that like many many times. Something comes in and like we'll look at it. We'll pray about it. Yeah. Um. Like I said, I I'd I'd, I'd rather be uh humble and wrong. Yeah. We're uh, in for the dialogue. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. I, unless you, I, well, again, productive though. Like, but don't, not just your wild opinion or your woke concerns. Like, I I want to. Right. I, yes. Yeah. Take it in through. T- talk to me through the lens of Jesus. Yeah. And we'll go from there. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. Ready. But Buva. Are you ready? Are you ready for uh? What is it, did I say? Biblical AI theater, AI AI Bible theater, uh, AI Bible theater. Okay, you set it up. I gotta pull it. I gotta pull this up again. All right. Once again, we are here for Bible AI theater, biblical AI theater. What we've done is we put in a prompt to AI to give us a little bit of a play, um, no more than five minutes. And and this one we've got uh, we've got two two uh, characters in this story. Essentially, we're taking in an AI. Uh, generated play of a biblical story. So recognize that it probably won't be word for word. It's not going to be scripture uh, that we're reading out of. It's just uh, it, it's it's we're trying to get some color to a story that we we may all know. Okay, so here's here's the story. Uh, I, we asked for a five minute play based on the biblical story of Balaam's donkey. Balaam's donkey. Okay, uh, this in this program playing the part of Balaam, a prophet, uh, will be me. Yes. So if you hear my voice, I'm I'm speaking on behalf of Balaam. 
uh, in his uh, traditional role as a donkey, talking donkey, <laughs> is uh, John Boover the Third. That's me. That's him. Uh, also, there is a. Uh, there are some. Um, what what do you call it? What do you call the bracketed items that set the scene? The uh, scene I just uh, this narration. Me. Okay. I, I will treat it like the narrator. Uh, narrator. Okay. Ready. Scene one. Balaam is packing his bags, preparing for a journey. Where are we off to today, master? A long journey, my friend. King Balak has summoned me to curse his enemies. Curse their enemies? But master, you're a prophet, not a curser. I know, but the king is offering a hefty reward. Besides, God has told me to go. God or the clinking of gold coins in your ear? Be careful, master. This path smells of trouble. Nonsense. Now come along. We must make haste. It's great so far. It's so far so good. <laughs> okay, ready? Okay, go ahead. Scene two. Scene two. Balaam and the donkey are on the road when they encounter an angel with a drawn sword. Whoa! Master, see that? Shiny sword, pointy end, not good. Squinting. I see nothing. Must be the desert heat getting to you. But master, it's right there. It's blocking our way. Oh, they added a third character. Okay, I'll do this. Okay, the angel. Balaam, turn back. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. Balaam to the donkey. Did you hear that? God's changing his mind? (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Now, let's move on. (laughs) Master, are you blind or just stubborn? That angel means business. (laughs) Okay, okay. Took a turn there. Took a turn. (laughs) Scene three. Balaam continues on his way, ignoring the angel and the donkey's warnings. The donkey suddenly stops, refusing to move. What now, you stubborn beast? Why are you stopping? Because I see what you don't, master. The angel is back, and this time, he's not playing around. Balaam finally sees the angel. I I see him now. But I can't turn back, not with the king's reward waiting. Master, your greed is blinding you. This is not the path God wants you on. Be quiet, beast! I am the prophet, and I will do as I see fit. Very well, master. But remember, even a donkey can see the truth sometimes. <laughs> it's great. It, 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 it gets me. Uh, scene, scene, scene four. Balaam reaches King Balak and prepares to curse his enemies. But as he opens his mouth, the words come out differently. And, uh, I st- instead of cursing, Balaam says, I see no evil in this land, King Balak. Only blessings and prosperity. All right, I'll do this part. Okay, King Balak. What is this? I paid you to curse my enemies, not praise them. It seems God has other plans, your majesty. And even a donkey can be wiser than a prophet sometimes. Here's the epilogue. <laughs> Balaam returns home, humbled and changed by his experience. He learns to listen not just to God's voice, but also to the wisdom of his faithful <laughs> donkey. <laughs> And the donkey, it becomes a local legend, a, a, a symbol of courage and speaking truth to power, <laughs> even when you have four hooves and a bray. <laughs> uh, that, that, this concludes AI Biblical Theater. AI Biblical Theater. <laughs> speaking truth to power. There you go. Go protest the AI. And the donkey became a local legend. <laughs> Ridiculous situation. Oh boy! Oh, that was great. <laughs> I, I really had to try try and become furious for that King Balak part. Yeah, no, I I felt it. Oh gosh, I felt it hit it hit me deep. Actually, 
I did, I, obviously I didn't scan this well enough. There were four characters right. in this thing. We said two characters, then I had to come up with some other voices. Oh, man. All right, AI. Next time, two characters. Okay, hey, if you have any ideas, yes. what story would you like us to run through Biblical AI Theater? Use the old uh, Live from the Path, Bob Eisenhower, Complaint Line, 515-517-0085. Call or text. Let us know, uh, and it, it'll depend on how many people in the room. If we got four guys, I'll ask for a four-man yeah, play. Right. Now, I will I will tell you that I did seed I did seed it a little bit. Okay. Um, uh, like when I when I asked for, hold on, I'll, let me pull it up. <laughs> I'll tell yeah. you the, the instructions the, I gave the, you. The prompts are very important. Yes. Um, actually, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, where, where'd it go? Where's my history? Show me. Show me, friends. This is great. This is a great setup. Oh here. yeah. No, sorry. Here we go. It went away. I said. So what I asked for is, I said, write me a five-minute play based on the biblical story of Balaam's donkey. The play should only have two characters, Balaam and the donkey. The main points of the story should be accurate, but it's okay to create dialogue that wasn't in the biblical narrative. The donkey can talk. Also, the donkey should have a bit of a biting wit in its dialogue. I mean, in AI's defense, though, like the angel was a part of it, and so was King Balak. Yeah, Balak. that's that's true. I, I, here's what I'm saying: that's not bad. No, it, it took about thirty seconds yeah, to generate right. this five minute play. Yep, I'm I'm impressed. Same. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, anyway, well, let there's us know. a lot of stories we could have a lot of fun with. Yeah, I did. I, I've tried Job before. Uh, Which part? Just the whole I, story I just asked of Job? the whole thing. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I asked for the whole thing. I feel like thing. you'd have to color like round one of Job versus buddies and then round two and then <laughs> God versus Job. Yeah, and I think God I, and Satan having a conversation at the beginning. Actually, you know what's funny is, 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 is as a side note, I read the message version of Job recently. Yeah. Because you, I could not stop laughing when at the very beginning, like God talks to Satan. Yeah. He's like, Hey, what are you up to? <laughs> what are you up to, pal? Yeah. What's been going on? Uh-huh. I'm like, this is a definitely different kind of story from the one that I've been thinking of. Like, Satan just kind of shows up and God's like, what's up, buddy? Uh-huh. How you been? <laughs> it's striking. All right. Uh, let's do some advice and we'll let uh, we'll do what the Lord did for the uh, Israelites and said, let my people go. I hated that more than I should have. <laughs> it, was, it didn't come out quite how I was expecting. Like, it sounded good as a concept, and then I, I fumbled. It just it. really kind of failed the execution there. Take, All take, right. Take two. <laughs> Dear Life in the Path, for nearly three years, I've been seeing a man who later asked me to move in with him. Okay. He abruptly stopped emailing me four months ago. <laughs> that's, that's tough time. So apparently this is a long distance situation. I waited several weeks and then emailed him, telling him how upset and hurt I was and asking what was going on. I found out, not from him, that he's been in a relationship with another woman for the last five years. I'm furious. I'm at a loss about what I should do. Dear Life in the Path, help me. What do you mean? What do you mean, what should you do? I don't understand. Like, what are the options you think are on the table? Okay. Tell me, Boob. You are, you are hurt. Yes, totally. You are hurt. I can understand that. This is an email-based relationship, it appears, Mm -hmm. because your contact with one another is Mm email-based. You found out from another person, which I don't know how that happened. Uh, Are you emailing their friend or like someone in their state? Is this long? There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, of ifs here. Your options are very clear. I don't think you see them clearly because you think you've been in a relationship for years. Mm -hmm. Uh, You need to realize that this just invalidated that entire relationship. You have not been in a relationship for years. Nope, you have not. Uh, You have been with someone who is cheating on them, and they are cheating on you, and everyone is being cheated on, and there is no respect for you at all. Or, at best, 
uh, this person doesn't understand the concept of your relationship like you do. Yeah. And so you're mourning, you're mourning something that is, is more in your mind than in reality. And I recognize that that is harsh, yep. but truthful. Mm-hmm. And I think the sooner that you can take that in and recognize that, like, it's not even mourning a real thing, like, which is, which is it, it, eventually you will see is freeing, yep. hopefully. Yep. And I, I, I pray that, that that freeing sense comes sooner rather than later. Yeah. That, That's what I would say. Yeah, I would agree. Like, there's no protocol here. Uh, because this is a real dumpster fire. Yes. Uh, and so just walk away. Right. Uh, for, so yeah. So for one, like, if you are practically speaking, do you talk to this man? No. No. For no. weeks. Yeah. Like, you just let it go. Like, you you don't follow up with him. Uh, I, I would even rec- I think I think some maybe folks would disagree with me here. Um, there it may feel like you try to get a hold of the man or send him another email to get all this stuff off your chest. Mm-hmm. You, you will not receive any validation right. in it. it. It actually won't uh, because it'll feel good to have all written out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're going to sit and wait to see whether he responds yep. to it. And this man will have his uh, hooks back into your attention that he does not deserve and never right. did. And Write so, that letter and burn it. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, you don't send it to him. If you feel like you got to you obviously get your feelings out, go uh, have, have your friends take you out for eight hours and just, I mean, spill it. Be angry, throw chips, do whatever you got to do. Which you have every right to do. Yes, totally fine. Um, but don't do it to him because you will not, um, your pain and hurt in that situation will not be honored with that man. Right. And so do not um, do not waste your effort in doing so. Like get yourself working through it. Lose his email. I mean, block the man. You don't, like, you don't want to hear from him. You don't want to care about his explanations. Just let it get, cut it all off. Um, start to work through it. And then um, I, I would recognize... That you're probably going to bring this into your next relationship. Absolutely. Um, and it's, so and you need to know that. Yep. Th- that you're going to take people in through a little bit of a shaded view. Um, and and so just be cautious. Um, be, <laughs> I mean, obviously, you're going to be watchful that you don't end up in a situation like this again. I don't, I don't know what got you to this far, but like, I think there was some blindness on your part. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's always it's always interesting to me in situations like this because where I think how could this person possibly get away with this? Like there's no way they could, but it's it's because there's there you lowered the bar somewhere about um, intimacy, right? How much information you have, how much people are sharing, like that kind of thing, and like I, it's 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 a modern it's more of a modern problem because with the sense that there's a real high virtue of independence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it frankly allows space to people using credit. <laughs> yes, so, right. Agreed. Um, anyway, I would just say, um, just be prepared. Uh, cut them off completely. Um, it's it's okay to work it out. It's okay that it takes time. You were legitimately hurt. Um, but may, maybe don't jump into a relationship quick. I mean, like six months at least. Right. And then just know that you're probably bringing that into the thing. Um, and so you need to be cautious about how you react to situations going forward. Yep. Agreed. All right. Secular says... The man may have abruptly stopped communicating with you because the woman he has been involved with found out about the romance he was having with you. Have you heard from him since? If not, she may have rendered him speechless. Dumb. It's important you find a way to dis- <laughs> It's important you find a way to discharge some of your righteous anger. Believe it or not, physical exercise can help. Talking to friends or a therapist may also lessen the urge to explode. Learn whatever lesson there is to learn from this and move on. Do not let it be let it rule your life. Everyone makes mistakes, and he was one of them. Yep. I, yeah, I mostly agree with that. Yeah, pretty good. Okay. 
another one. Dear live from the path. Without consulting me, my husband gave my father's U.S. Army uniform to my brother, uh, complete with honor patches. Oof. My sister-in-law now wears it as a fashion statement, Ooh. saying that she is a, in quotations, Sullivan. This is not sitting well with me. She is only a Sullivan by marriage. I feel it is disgraceful to prance around in something you haven't earned, and it's insulting not just to my late father, but to all who have served. Her father also served, but she isn't wearing his uniform. That's it? That's it. No question. Just, I feel bad. What should I do is is implied. Hmm. Should I feel bad? Am I validated in feeling bad? What do I do? Um... I'm going to start and say, I can understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I can totally see it. Uh, I empathize with that. I, I it, it sounds like um, you had a lot of respect for your father and his service meant a lot to you. And it probably meant a lot to him. And you probably heard those stories growing up and you heard a lot about it. And so you are attributing uh, those patches and that jacket, that uniform, all those different things to those memories and to that respect and that and that that place that he held in his heart for his service and for the, the things that honor that right. Can totally understand that. Yep. Um, I think that, uh, your brother giving it away without any conversation with you was, uh, was unthoughtful. Um, it sounds like there wasn't really a conversation about that in any way that like he talked to you about, Hey, is this a possession that you would want to keep? Is there any grounds or boundaries with this possession? Like, can I give it to my wife? Is this a problem to sell? Can we give it to me? Donate all the different stuff. There's, there's a lack of communication that happened that led to, uh, uh, injured feelings and then all of this happening. So I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, I think it's a conversation to have with your brother. Um, I, I don't believe that I would immediately, uh, paint your sister-in-law in, in a, in a poor light just because she's wearing it. I think you may be looking into it a bit much thinking that she only thinks of it as a fashion statement. You don't know for sure that she's not trying to honor her late father-in-law's memory by wearing it. Um, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, of conversation and communication that didn't happen that you're now feeling the weight of because it, it didn't happen. And so I understand you're hurt. Um, maybe don't backlash the entire situation and then like um, attack your sister-in-law. Yep. But like, you know, I, I get it. I totally understand where you're coming from and I can understand why this is hurtful. I think that there's just some conversations that need to be had and then some healing from it because things didn't happen beforehand. Yeah, I I do think I don't get the sense that she's done a good job of talking about this. Agreed. Like uh, it, uh, my guess is the narrative I made up in my mind. Right. Is that this woman... Um, but like, like you, you remember her the example she gave about the sister in law, which is like, I could wear it. I'm a Sullivan, right? And yes, word, in quotations. And the word prancing, uh, yep, right. All, all give me like it makes it sound like she goes uh, didn't actually atta- um talk about this in like a healthy way, but she just came out with an accusation yep. and goes, hey, you shouldn't be wearing that. It was my father's. Right. And she goes, but I like it's it, it, like. It doesn't. It's not yours. And she's like, "Well, I, I'm a Sullivan, right? Exactly. Yes. It's not wrong. Uh, I am. I match the name or whatever. Yes, exactly. Uh, it it, it's, it does seem a bit um, like if you wanted to wear it as a fashion thing, like go buy one from the DAV. Exactly. Right. Like they're everywhere. Don't use a memento. Right. Like, that seems. Yep. Like, are you being conscious about it? Mm-hmm. And maybe the lady doesn't even know. Um, and the, the the but the brother should have been able to anticipate this. Yeah. Right. He seems like a real jack. He knows both. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe maybe his sister's wound too tight. Maybe. 
But well, uh, and it matters to her. Regardless. It might have recently been a loss of her father. And like, there's a lot of charged emotion to that. Yeah. And like, when you're in that kind of storm, like everything is colored that way. Yeah. And it's different. And yeah. so, you know, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I would say that, that there's a very high potential that the person who feels disrespected has not communicated in all parties or to all parties uh, in a constructive manner or in a way that, that is actually trying to move towards resolution. Yeah. You're probably in a place and right, uh, understandably so, that you're you're reacting and hurt. And I can totally get that. Yeah, it may, that, that does make sense to me. And I, I do wonder... We're like, well, why is the why is the brother Jackwagon didn't discuss this with the sister? Maybe he doesn't get along with his sister. Yeah, right. For multiple reasons. Oh yeah. And so, and this is her butt hurt about it or whatever. And siblings and like it, siblings very often take the death of a parent incredibly differently. Yeah. Like they just t- the relationship with the parent may have been different. Uh, the person is different, and therefore they're going to take things differently. Like there's all kinds of factors and variables here. Yeah. There's a chance that like the husband looked at the service and went, you know, I lost my dad, and this doesn't mean anything to me and it was it was stories that i grew up on but like it it's not that important to me yeah. whereas the sister may have been like that is that is the defining uh characteristic of my relationship with my father is is based off of what what i i, I idolized about their service like that totally happens in families you know you got one person that resents the military because their dad was in it and you've got one person that respects the military because their dad was in it it's just you're different people and and communications need to or uh, need to happen and expectations need to be communicated. And so, yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So but, uh, but the, the advice I would say is I, I would start the conversation fresh. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and just say, look, this this means a lot to me. Um, and like. Can I, I don't know, uh, let's go together. We'll go to the army surplus. Store. Yeah, right. We'll find you something that you really yes. like. But Solutions. Like, it doesn't have to be this one. Can right. I, I would just, I would feel better about it. I know I, maybe I'm being oversensitive about it, but like I, it, it means a lot yeah, to me. Yeah, right. You want some army fatigues? I'll buy them. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yep. I think that's a good idea. Okay. Secular says, your husband should not have given your brother the uniform. Wait, what? Without first, con- your husband should not have given your brother the uniform. Oh, my husband gave my brother. We didn't even take into consideration that it's her husband that gave away the the jacket. Oh, I guess I did. That's definitely that. a different story. Okay. Well, your husband's a jack wagon then too. He should have known that you were going to be like this. Absolutely true. Even yeah. more so than the brother. Yeah. Anyway, your husband should not have given your brother the uniform without first consulting you because it wasn't his property to give. What your son-in-law, sister-in-law, excuse me, is doing with it seems less like a fashion statement and more like an example of stolen valor. Oh, gosh. Which may be offensive to many people, particularly those who have served. It is not a crime by virtue of the fact that she isn't impersonating a soldier, but it would be in better taste for her to wear her own father's uniform rather than your dad's. Okay, I feel like the stolen valor might be a bit of a a, a hot topic to jump on just to grab it. I don't know if that's what uh, what she's you not, can really she's imply not here. Acting like she served. Right. If it's a fashion statement, it's not me saying, "Hey, I served," and these are all of my decorative patches. That right. doesn't seem like what she's doing. No, I don't think so either. But. Uh, taking into consideration that I didn't, for, I, I forgot about the husband part yet. Your husband is ridiculous. Your husband should have never given that to your brother without your knowing it all. Yeah, he should have known this was going to be a problem. Bad husband. Yeah. Okay. Uh, time for one more. Yeah, one all more. Right. Dear, live from the path. What's the best way to deal with an overgifter? My friend of ten years is one, often giving gifts beyond holidays and birthdays. Every time we hang out, she gives me something, either food or small trinkets. I asked her three years ago to tone it down. 
Two years ago, I sent her a letter saying I value our friendship, and for me, the best gift is quality time. She stopped for a while, but six months ago, she started up again. Life of the path, I throw away all of her gifts. They are usually stale or expired foodstuffs or trinkets I don't have the space to store. I'm trying to find a way to make my boundaries clear, but I don't want to hurt her feelings in the process. Oh, my. Your friend gives you expired food? Yeah. Okay. I Like, hey, Rhonda, here's this box of Twinkies. It was out in 2020, but like, you know, I wanted you to have it. <laughs> so weird. Okay. Well, so here's what I would do. Uh, a couple couple things to make I'm your sorry. life easier. I'm just so happy that it's expired food. So so you've you've already talked to her once about this, right? You sent her a letter. Yeah. Uh, well, it sounds like you may have said it out loud and then sent the letter. Or do, or do you think it's one? <laughs> So, but I, I, when she tries to give you something, go, hey, we talked about this. You know what I'm You don't have to be like, I'm disappointed in you. You know we discussed this. When they try to hand it over, I would say, June, we <laughs> talked about this. What are you trying to hand me? I don't want your expired food. You keep that. You give it to the birds or whatever. I don't I, want it. I didn't know caramels could be expired, yeah. but you've found some. Yeah. I would say, and if she, she'd say, look, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking it. We're going to leave it on the table here at the restaurant. You should... You should stop giving it to me. But, like, you don't have to be harsh about it. I would say that to someone who, like, continue, like, maybe it's just a problem they have. Uh, they think they're being nice. They need reminded that I don't care for it. I don't value it. Like, if it was on and off, I'd just take it and throw it away. Obviously, she doesn't care. You know what I'm saying? Right. She doesn't even care that you don't want it. So the fact that you're throwing away doesn't make any difference to her. Yep. There's something she gets out of bringing you a gift. And bless it. Maybe you just take them anyway just because she likes it. That's what I was just about to say. Like, maybe I'm being a softie in this situation. But if you're going to throw it away anyway and, and Rhonda feels good about it, just let her give you the gift. Yeah, I, I would. Like, I, you don't have to keep it in a box and look at it and get angry every time you see it. Yeah. Like, it's fine to just toss it or re-gift it or sell it. Whatever. Or, yeah, I, I might even say that. But say, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to throw this out, you know. <laughs> Oh, why, why, do you, why do you do that? Why? I, brought I, lo- you- I love you, and I bought you that gold necklace. I told you to stop doing that. Uh, I don't. I really don't want it, and uh, I'm going to get rid of it. And so you should you should donate money in my name to the ASPCA or something. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't I don't know. Whatever. I, I don't think if this is a good friend of yours, then you shouldn't have any problem going. Hey, you you know I told you to stop doing this, and I love that it tickles you. And so I need you to know two things. Either I'm gonna. Do you want me to accept these gifts and then throw them away later? Or do you want to stop bringing them? Because those are the two options that are on the table. Which do you prefer? I'm going to bring a radical thought into this conversation. Okay. Is there a chance that you can look at your friend as a human being that doesn't exist to serve you? And then can you look at that relationship and go, it's something small and relatively inconsequential to me. Like it doesn't truthfully burden me and it brings them joy. And I'm just going to take that in. And then I'll throw away the stuff. I'm never going to tell her that I need to throw it away. Just she she gets joy. It makes her feel better. It makes her feel like she's she's gifting things to you because she loves you. That may be her love language, and that's her way. Have you ever given her a gift? I bet it would make her freaking life if you bought her a trinket. Oh, maybe you if you showed up and went, Rhonda, you're always giving me gifts every time. Even though I've said before, stop giving me gifts. You do it every time. So guess what? I baked you a tray of cinnamon rolls, and I love you so much. And I got you this. I saw this trinket at the DAV the other day. Or the D, yeah, it just, it just looked good, and I bought it for you. She will probably go, oh, my gosh, I have never felt so cared for in a friendship in my life. And you just changed her whole friggin' year. Because every time she has a bad day, she gets to go, I remember when June made me those, those cinnamon rolls. Even though gifts aren't her thing, 
She just went a little further and was willing to love me the way that I get love. I know it's radical to say that your friendships aren't just meant to be you centric, but like there's a chance that you can go, ah, okay, I'm just going to take these gifts. I'll toss them. I don't care. I just thank you. Thank you so much for it. Yeah. The only question I would have is like, I I suppose you'd have to be certain that she really isn't offended if you're if she if she were to find out that you throw them away. Yeah, that's fair. Would that harm her? Uh, Because it's not if, if not, then I think it's fine to keep them or to keep keep getting them. But like there's something fundamentally off about taking it, not telling her. And then she finds out later that you didn't say anything and you should have. Yeah, fair. But I mean, she already has said something like she even wrote a letter. Yeah, that's true. And it stopped for a bit. So like there was a recognition that the letter happened. There was a recognition that the behavior was not wanted, but then she went back to it. Did something happen six months ago that she started doing this again? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. So anyway, I, I, and, I and I'm not saying that, that your point isn't correct. Like, I understand entirely where you're coming from. Uh, I'm just saying, like, in these kind of ones and a lot of the times when I when I see you know, or read these Dear Life in the Paths, I just wonder if there's a chance that you can look at your relationship. And I'm and I'm painting you out to be a bad person and I'm not intending to. I'm, I'm painting you in trying to paint you as a human being. Sometimes we need to be reminded that, like. Friendships go both ways and like sometimes taking on a little bit of inconvenience so that somebody can feel love. It's okay. You can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's true. That's true. So like, yeah, if it's just something that they keep going back to and it's just a quirk of theirs and it, I mean, you can throw it away on the way home if you want. Yeah. Uh, it's not really a big deal. As long as if they were to find out that you got rid of all that stuff and it's not going to be a situation where they go. Why didn't you just right remind me or tell me? Like I didn't, I I knew you told me to uh, to not give them to you, but I thought it was just because you just prefer me, you prefer my company, you're being humble. But really, uh, you and you thought it was a burden to me, but it's not a burden to me at all. Like because you didn't <laughs> yeah. say a very clear thing, right? But as if you've articulated that clearly once, and they're like, I just like it, then 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 you then I think it's totally free to yep. go. Well, then I like to receive. Them. Yep, I think that's fair. Okay, okay. Uh, secular says because your friend may have forgotten, remind her that you do not want her giving these gifts, and that the most treasured gift she can give you is the time with her. Explain that her continuing to do it is making you uncomfortable. Then cross your fingers and hope that this time she gets the message. If she doesn't, you will have to remind her yet again. I'm really glad that didn't end with you should stop being friends with this person immediately. Yeah, and, and then call and the kick law, them to the call curb. the law. <laughs> Johnny Law, I'm sick of this person. They keep giving me gifts. Okay. All right. You've been listening to Live from the Path. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. We really do appreciate it. Go ahead. Hit us up on the Live from the Path. Bob Eisenlauer complaint line, 515-517-0085. Call or text. We'd love to hear from you. Remember, you're on the hook for, tell me uh, if if you got a problem with our, uh, he gets us uh, ad rendering. I'd love to hear that. Secondly, if you got any ideas, uh, what biblical story would you like to hear through the AI machine uh, performed by Live from the Path? We'd love to do that. And uh, wasn't there, was there something in that advice? I forget. It doesn't matter. Maybe you just got general commentary. Yeah, sure. uh, Or whatever. There was something spicy that like made you angry. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. All right. Um, We uh, hopefully will will be, have a full crew back in the saddle for the next show. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path.